Hello. 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 And welcome back to another Game of Thrones rehash with Johnny Kilbasa and anybody else that can get to join me. In this episode, we shall continue our surge to the end of season six, where we will analyze and proselytize Game of Thrones episode 5 I'm sorry season 5 where we will analyze season 5 episode 2 The House of Black and White season 5 episode 3 High Sparrow and season 5 episode 4 Sons of the Harpy so, let us not tarry, for we know the time is short. Let us commence, and what we're going to do here is we're going to go back over everything that we can do. And we're going to go to the Game of Thrones Flea Bottom Hotline. See what we can come up with here. And what we're going to do is we're going to bring in podcast superstar and Game of Thrones expert himself and Sausage Hut alum and Sausage Hut veteran, Kowski. So let's get him on the Sausage Hut hotline here. Let's see what we can come up with. Hello. Sir Kowski of the Blackwater. Hey. Nostrovia, Johnny. <laughs> Welcome back into the Sausage Hut, and thank you for joining us on our Game of Thrones rehash special, where we're talking about Season 5, Episode 2, The House of Black and White, Season 5, Episode 3, High Sparrow, High Sparrow. and Season 5, Episode 4, Sons of the Harpy. So let's start with Season 5. Episode 2. Lannister, and you're listening to the Which? Game of Thrones Minute with Johnny Kilbasa. And now on the Sausage Hut Podcast, show, it's time for the Game of Thrones Couple Minute of minutes. with Johnny Kilbasa and Kowski. And here we are. We're going to jump right into it with the S5E2, the House of Black and White Game of Thrones Minute. But this might take more than a minute because I wrote more stuff down than I knew I really do. And it's pretty unrehearsed, but let's just skip all the pleasantries and get right to it. S5E2. Shame. Shame. House of Black and White, Arya sails into the Shame. free city of Bravros between the legs of Titan. She's not afraid. She's been wearing the same outfit for three years. She hitches the ride to the House of Black and White, knocks on the white door, and old hooded man answers. She tries to give him a coin, and she's like, dude, get out of here. And then she recites her kill for days. Cersei, Walder Frey, Mountain, Mir and Trant. And then after a while, she just flips her coin into the water because she's hungry. Meanwhile, on the King's Road, Pod and Brienne stop for some pot pie and ale and see Littlefinger and Sansa. Oh, dark wings, dark words, she says. That's an old saying, but inaccurate in this case. Brienne, your loyalty has come free of charge, but 
some of the peers to have paid for it a bit since then, says Littlefinger. Sansa wants no part of Brienne. Littlefinger asks her to stay, and the chase is on. Well, Pa gets off, bucked off his horse and almost decapitated, but Brienne chops it up with Littlefinger's dudes and saves the day. Meanwhile, in King's Landing, Jamie and Cersei get a snake in the box. That smirking whore from Highgarden. Jamie's going down to Dorne. Meanwhile, at Stokeworth Castle, Bronn of the Blackwater plans a wedding with Lawless. And he says people eat pigeon pie in the capital, and meanness comes around. Hey, Jamie Lannister's here. And he gave away Bronn's wife. Meanwhile, in Dorne, the Sand Milf plots a revenge. Dorne Martell's got the gout. Let me send her Cer- Cersei one Shame. finger at a time. Dario and Grey Worm Shame. go harpy hunting and find Shame. a harpy in the wall. Khaleesi discusses Shame. punishment with her cabinet baroness and Stalmy. Stalmy has, says he served in her father's king guards and dropped some truth about her burning people alive. Meanwhile, on the road of Atlantis, Tyria is back in a box with Varys. Meanwhile, in King's Landing, a dwarf head flops on the table. In the small council's chamber, Cersei makes Mace Tyrell master of coin and Kyber the new master of whisperers. And this is an embarrassment to the Citadel. And Uncle Kevin isn't having it. He's not a sycophant. Meanwhile, in Castle Black, Shireen teaches Gilly how to read. Then they talk grayscale. Stannis doesn't dig John's mercy's move, but he respects it. Kneel before me and rise again, John Stark. Then at the Lord, Commander Election Party, Alistair Thorne's a dick. Commander of the Shadow Tower's a good dude. And Samuel Tarley cuts a promo for John Snow. Then they vote. Master Raymond breaks the tie. John Snow's number 998. Meanwhile, in Bravo, Sorry takes a needle to a pigeon. A man is no one. And that is what a girl must become. Meanwhile, in Marine, little dick bag murders a suspect and gets decapitated himself. The crowd hisses. Marine comes unglued. Then jo- Drogon shows up on a pyramid and gets to sniff Khaleesi's finger. And wouldn't we all want to do that? Bravo. Shame. Bravo. Shame. <laughs> so, Kowski, here we are. We're, we've, we're, we're, we finally made it to Bravos after we knew we were going there for years. We've got, we've got Ari over there. We've got Brienne and Pod on the road, hopefully finding hot pie and a, a bear-shaped uh, salt, salt bread thingy. We've got Jamie and Cersei plotting things down at King's Landing. We've got Dario and Grey Worm going harpy hunting. We've got Shireen and Gilly at Castle Black and all kinds of other stuff. Where do you want to start? Well, I think the high point of this episode is probably uh, the reunion of Jamie and Bronn. Bronn was kind of uh, MIA for a little bit. Didn't see a whole lot of him, but uh, <clears throat> I think the union with him and Jamie kind of on his redemption trip is uh, really probably the, my favorite part of the episode. And, and Bronn is just... Uh, a great character as well. So, and we hadn't seen them for a while. Back yeah. Together. yeah, it's good to see those two back together. And you know, uh, you know, when they get together, good things are going to happen. It's like, hey, let's do a buddy traveling, traveling buddy movie for this whole season. And it's yeah. funny. It's funny to yeah, see Bron. Go ahead. No, and it's uh, you know, you get our first taste of uh, Jamie, left-handed Jamie, in a you know real battle situation, and obviously he's. Uh, He's struggling a little bit. He is because he's the right. He was the best right-handed swordsman on uh, the planet, and then he lost his right hand, and then he's got to try to fight with his left hand. So yeah, so all that- part of the uh, Jamie Lannister redemption uh, journey, which is really, I think, uh, you know, considering where Jamie started out with that first, the way they ended the first episode of the season, he just like or the first episode ever with him uh, pushing Braun out the window, you know, just like pure evil thing to do. Uh, you know, he's really become like one of the more interesting characters over the years and like somebody you can actually kind of root for despite that. Yeah, you definitely, you, we spent a lot of time in the early, in the early seasons hating Jamie Lannister and he gave us every reason 
to hate him pretty much. I mean, killing, trying to kill a kid, um, incest, <laughs> being a jerk to <laughs> um, Eddard Stark. And, yeah. And being the spoiled, rotten son of Tywin, Mar uh, Tywin yeah. Lannister. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I just think his whole uh, kind of transformation over the years is really interesting. And we kind of get to see a little bit more of that over here and a little tension between him and the bitch Cersei. Yeah, and this this kind of, this season kind of, I think, starts the the road of Cersei's decline or or Cersei's making decisions that are going to catch up with her, and they kind of start focusing on Cersei's unraveling pretty much. And this this is where yeah, it starts. Yeah, I mean, who's been a bigger supporter to Cersei than uh, Jamie? And now she's like being a bitch to him. So you know, how can you how can you be mean to him. That's just BS. Yeah. So Cersei's mad about everything. And she's going to take it out on... Like so many uh, angry women, they take it out on the people that love them the most. <laughs> uh, yeah. So you know, I, I started watching this episode. And, uh, you know, one other thing I started to remember as I went through this one is I was just like, you know, I just can't believe how awful, or at least in my opinion, I just, I hate new Dario. He just, <laughs> he just annoys me in every scene he's in. He doesn't look at all like the old Dario. He doesn't act like the old Dario. He's got like a annoying beard. And I just, I, I would much rather have old Dario back. And I guess, you know, when you got a cast this big, it's kind of hard to keep everything together like that. But that guy I just finds super annoying. I don't know if I'm the only one, but no. Original Dario was more of a he was a bigger dude. He was more meatheadish, but still, I mean, he looked like he could kick somebody's ass as opposed to new Dario, who you know the, the ladies love because he has a skinny ass that we get to look at. Yeah, and he seems kind of a little more smarmy, whereas uh, old Dario seemed a little more sincere. Yeah, and, and more old Dario was kind of just like in your face too, a little bit more. Ah, you want their heads? I'll give you give them your heads. And then new Dario's just kind of like, eh, my mother was a whore. <laughs> <laughs> that smirking whore from Highgarden. I love the snake. I love the snake toy thing where, you know, you just pull the top of it up and all the, the doors flop down and then there's a snake there. With, oh, yeah, yeah, that was the pretty necklace. cool. Yeah, I like that. It was a cool little, a cool little toy, which I want to have and I want to keep things in it and just be like, Boom! Hey, how about how about this thing? But yeah, you know, and, and there's there you go. Someone's messing with Cersei, and obviously they didn't. I guess they couldn't maybe send dark wings, dark words down and say what the hell are you guys doing. Instead, they just Jamie hatches some kind of cockamamie plot that's going to ruin his season five pretty much, except for the good parts yeah. you get with 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 Bronn of the Blackwater. As they they head south, on, which is really a dumb, I mean, it's really a dumb thing from from the beginning. And I've, from everything I know, they're not that's not in the books. So they they, they pretty yeah, much are making like, TV uh, crap. Yeah, I don't. Um, you know, I didn't read the books, and I. But from what I've heard, it sounds like the people that are like the diehard fans of the books and whatever, like, don't really like how they kind of handled Dorn and the whole Stand Snakes and, and everything like that. doesn't seem like it's been particularly well executed, but, uh, I mean, not bad by my, by my account, but 
I know some people are kind of uh, not into the way that's been handled. Yeah, I heard that the the sand snakes were supposed to be like much more badassy than they turned out. Instead of like three hot young girls, they were supposed to be major yeah. badasses. <laughs> I, I mean, not that they weren't, you know, some sort of badasses, but they were certainly the one. The one younger one is definitely hot, very hot. Um, you know what else we get in this episode that I kind of like is uh, you get a little taste, just your first taste of Liana, uh, Liana Mormont here, and uh, she sends she sends Stannis the letter of defiance, basically saying uh, they know no king in the north except the uh, king whose name is Stark. And you don't have any idea how who Liana Mormont is at this point, but you know she's like what a. 10 or 12 year old girl. Yeah, something like and that. Just, and it just becomes a, a fan favorite in the next season, and rightfully so. But this is kind of the first first inkling you get of her. And, uh, you know, she's just already being a defiant little, you know, pain in the ass, which is what everybody loved about her. And yeah. you don't even realize at the point, at this point, that she's like 10 or 12 and sending this letter to the king because she's like the last remaining member of her family. That was a that was a good little piece of foreshadowing. Nice catch, Sirkowski of the <laughs> whatever you want to be of Stokeworth. <laughs> yeah, and, so, then, and, and another. Um, I, go ahead. No, I was just, did you have another uh, thing you wanted to say? Well, I was just going to say there's another. Like I, I didn't realize looking back on all this stuff that there was like, not just one but two beginnings of what became a very annoying plot line, and I think Arya. Arya at the at the House of Black and White was pretty annoying because we pretty much knew what happened. We knew what she was there for. We knew what she had to end up doing, I think. And then you know it was just like, oh, here we go again, sweeping yeah, the floor, like, washing the bodies. Yeah, I feel like we get into like some of these things get into like a holding pattern as they kind of get the stories to kind of like the timing to come together on some of this stuff and. I was watching this episode too, and I kind of started to feel the same way about like Daenerys and Slaver's Bay. And I'm like, how long have we been free and slaves for like three or four years? She hasn't interacted with anybody on the other side of the world. I'm just kind of like, all right, can we, uh, can we speed this up here a little bit? Like, okay, we get it. You're freeing slaves. And then we get that scene at the end where the slave kills the guy and she kills him and everybody gets all pissed off. But I just, I'm kind of like, all right, we get it. Let's, let's, Let's get something going here. So, yeah, those in, in the kind of the same way about the house and a house of black and white, where she's just, uh, I don't know, feels like that one kind of drags on a little bit at times too. But I love badass Arya by all means. But right, storyline was a little slow. Yeah, and we all can't wait. I think you know, we all just can't wait for her to become the 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 cold blooded murderer that she's been <laughs> just careening towards ever since all these bad things happened to her and we know that she's going to learn the ways of the faceless men and whatever that means we don't know what what that means yet so there we are we've got in i guess in, in at the wall you know it's it's like they okay we're having an election and everybody i think everybody thought that um what's his name Oh, the commander was going to get the votes. Yeah. But in Janice Slint, his, his boy who, you know, was a, a total pussy during the battle of the, of the wall. And 
he stands up for him and starts talking crap about other people. And then there's the, like the one outside dude that nobody ever heard of before that they had probably had to throw in there just for, for good measure. He had a small contingency and very large eyebrows. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man, that guy had some huge eyebrows. Yeah. And I don't I can't know, believe I don't remember that guy's name. Um, the, yeah, I, I've got it. It's uh, Alistair Thorne. Thorne. Alistair Thorne. Alistair Thorne. So there's Alistair, and, and he's like, meh. And then I, I don't even know if John knew that Sam was going to put him up, you know, because John... No, it didn't sound there. like he wanted to, but uh, Sam did a pretty good job, and then he also, like, got some digs on in on Janice for once. So yeah. kind of like, oh, my God, like, Samwell giving him the business. And I'm I'm actually surprised what happens in the next episode. I'm surprised he Janice stood up for himself enough to you know challenge this new guy. But let's go straight into, and we can pick up episode, other things. Season five, episode three, High Sparrow. And here comes the intro. And you're listening to the Game of Thrones Minute with Johnny Kilbossa. And now on the Mark Aram Aram podcast, Show, it's time for the Game of Thrones Couple Minute of minutes. with Johnny Kilbasa and Kowski. Heading right into the ticker. Here we go. High Sparrow, Shame. episode three. Shame. Shame. In the house of B-dubs, a girl wants to serve herself. Keep sweeping. Meanwhile, in King's Landing, Marjorie and Tommen wed by the high sept, and then Tommen just wants to get it on all day. Cersei wishes Queen Marjorie the best and seals her fate by giggling as Cersei walks away. Meanwhile, in New Winterfell, Roos breaks it down for Ramsay, who's been out flaying again. Roos knows he doesn't have enough men to hold the north, so he's going to marry Ramsay and Sansa. She's not happy about it, but Littlefinger tells her to avenge her family. Meanwhile, outside of Moat, Kaelin Pod tells Brienne a story of stolen ham and pardoned thieves, and Brienne talks to talks of her mulishness and revenge. Meanwhile, in Castle Black. John refuses his starkishness. Davos Seaworth waxes philosophical. Meanwhile, back at B-dubs, Arya says, see you next Tuesday and pitches her identity into the drink. Everything except Needle. Needle stays. Then more sweeping. And what's behind the door? Oh, it's a cadaver washing room. Meanwhile, in Winterfell, Sansa comes home. Meanwhile, at Castle Black, Jon Snow appoints a latrine captain. The coward Slint refuses an order and loses his head. Meanwhile, in Lord Baelish's brothel, the high septon tries to have a little fun and pays the price. Look out for a naked old man-ass. He bitches the small council. Cersei goes to visit the High Sparrow and forms a tag team. Queer... Kyburn gets to write a letter and the mountain shakes. Uh, meanwhile, back at Winterfell, Littlefinger gets a letter and Roose reads it. Meanwhile, on the road to Volantis, Tyrion reads <laughs> needs to get out of this wheelhouse and they make it there and they head to a brothel, but Tyrion can't whore like he used to. He, what the hell's going on there? Tyrion goes outside to take a piss and he gets kidnapped by Jorah Mormont. Shame. 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 Okay. Luckily, here we in S five E three. We luckily for all of us, the the road to Volantis didn't take that long, right, Kowski? I mean, we they were in a they were in a crate, and I think this is something else that didn't happen in the books where they were in a, on a long journey because I I think in the books Varys wasn't with Tyrion when he was heading towards that way. Uh huh. But it was always a good excuse to get those guys back in a back in a um. The scenes together. Yeah, those two work so well awesome. together. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, I've heard some people kind of complain about the travel, and I never really think too much about that stuff, and I don't really let it ruin the fun, but it is kind of funny the way they kind of like uh, transport people from one spot to another on one occasion, and then on another occasion, you had these like long, you know, drawn out jerseys of taking somebody to, you know, get from one place to another very long time as opposed to just like oh i'm there and back immediately 
And this was kind of one of those points where <laughs> it's like, oh, here we are in Volantis. So doesn't really bother me, but it is kind of it is kind of interesting when you think about some of them. I think the last episode of season six, like Varus goes to Dorne and back in like no time. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. It doesn't uh, doesn't spoil the fun for me, but the people that like to uh, overthink these things. Those are the kind of things they point at. Yeah, and it's good because looking looking at this upcoming season, and we're you know we're, I guess we're still a ways away from it, but it was finally finally I think after stalling and speeding up other things, it's finally we've got everybody on the same page, and we're gonna throw them all together. And it, I, it was something I less I just liked. I don't want Game of Thrones to end, but it's time. You know, it's, here we are. Everybody's choosing upsides, and we're gonna battle it out. But Way back before all that happened, we got Ari in the House of Black and White. We've got Sansa in Winterfell. We've got Jon Snow turning down, turning down, becoming Jon Stark and becoming the the Warden of the North and going and kicking Roose Bolton's ass, but he decides to, his honor is more important. And then you got Varys and, uh, Varys and Tyrion, Tyrion whoring around. So what do you got on this? Yeah, one? yeah. Uh, you know, one little uh, one thing I noticed in here, and you know, there's, the the show is just so deep. Like you can't just sit and watch a game of episode an episode of Game of Thrones one time and expect to catch every little thing and all that's going on. Especially when they start like referencing names and places that haven't even happened yet. But uh, one of the things I, I like in this episode is where. Uh, Arya is talking to, uh, oh, oh, shoot, what's his name? Jock and Hagar. Um, the, yeah, Arya is talking to Jock and Hagar, and they're talking about gods at one point, and um, he looks at her and he says, there is only one god, and a girl knows his name. And uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with this theory, but a lot of people have theorized that uh, her old dancing master is actually Jacques and Hagar. Ah. And he actually survived because he, you know, we have an off-screen death in season one when uh, he, you know, he tells Arya to run and he's left behind with his wooden sword. So we've got an off-screen death and really no, uh, you know, no official word that he's dead, but you just kind of assume it based on the way things play out with everybody getting killed. So there's a lot of people out there, or it's a, a common theory that um, possibly he did escape, and he's act because he's uh, Bravosi as well. So there's kind of that connection, and uh, some people theorize that he is the same man as Jock and Agar. So when he looks at her and says, "A girl knows his name," it's almost like he's kind of saying, you know, like has some knowledge. Uh, you know, he knows that Arya knows who he's talking about because he told it to her before. So that's one of the points there that you could kind of uh, take away if you really wanted to get into the deep theories. But uh, kind of an interesting moment there, I thought. Serio Pharrell. Yeah. Was back in season one, the sword instructor. Yeah, probably late season one when uh, he's training her. Great character as well. So it would be kind of nice to uh, see if he could... Uh, you know, pop his head in at some point. Yeah, and is is like, is this the is, is this has have all of them been the same guy? You know, is the the old man that answers the door and Jock and Hagar 
and Cyril Pharrell, all the same dude with different faces. But oh, oops, we don't know about those faces yet. <laughs> so yep. we're yep. just we're just sweeping floors, and now we get to wash dead bodies and wonder what the hell's going on in this house of black and white, which is really <laughs> cool. I'm, the 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 architecture of the place is is really neat. I like how they do it, and I I think they I, I don't think it's all CGI. I, I think some I think they actually built a real room for that one. I mean, I don't really care. Some people get hung up on CGI just being everywhere, but as long as it looks real, I don't, I don't care. You yeah, know? I feel like we've, I feel like we've come a long way over the last like twenty years. I feel like you know, late nineties or something, people would be like, "Oh, I want to go see this movie. The special effects are supposed to be awesome," and I go there and I'm like, uh, "That looks kind of crappy." Like, I'm not <laughs> sure everybody's so excited about this. This is obviously a computer-generated image, and I feel like nowadays you uh, you can't pick them out too well. So. I'm kind of on board with the new technology, but it took took a while for them to win me over. And I don't really see a lot of stuff in Game of Thrones where I think it looks fake. So, yeah, more uh, power to them. Yep. So we've got in, in the the House of Black and White. We we see the the waif. I think they called her the waif, but it's that that yes. that girl, the woman, young woman yep. who who I think if you if you uh, change her hairstyle and dress her up, I think she'd be really hot. But they kind of dress her down to be like a some sort of you know, house Serving of black and commoner. white. Yeah. And hell, maybe it's the same person. I don't know. You know, just having that face, yeah. just having that face. I, I don't know. I don't know. I guess her and, uh, it's so hard to keep all these names. Jock and Hagar were in the room at the same time. But anyway, she comes in and starts giving crap to Arya and Arya drops a C bomb on her, which I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> Did she? Yeah. I don't, I didn't, I didn't forgot that. Yeah. I don't remember that happening. She's like, that's awesome. Yeah. She walks in and, and asks her a question and, and Arya didn't know. And she whipped her with the, with that stick. And then she asked her something else and she whipped her again. And she's like, cunt. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Love a good, love a good. See you next Tuesday. Whenever <laughs> out of nowhere. <laughs> Uh, awesome yeah so we got there yeah, we got another, that. go ahead i was just gonna say i, I like uh that's a great scene in there as well when marjorie just starts to mess with cersei and just like starts talking she's talking shit to her oh the dowager queen uh what are we what should i call you and then she's just talking about banging her son all the time and yeah uh basically called her old and just uh you know which <laughs> Maybe in the you know looking back on things might not have been the right move for Marjorie, but she just can't really help herself, and she's finally, you know, she's wanted to be queen her whole life. Here she is, and she's just sticking the needle into Cersei right there. Oh yeah, queen. she got she got several she got, she got several digs in at once. First it was like, oh well, it's would you like some wine? It's a little early in the day for us, but I could get you some wine, you old <laughs> drunk. <laughs> 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 oh the, mother as soon as she comes in it's just like mother oh. <laughs> yeah great, oh yeah great she, job by marjorie totally and you could totally tell that she was sealing her fate you know it's like and you could just see the smoke coming out of cersei's ears like <laughs> oh i am going to i'm so going to kill you i'm going to kill you a hundred thousand times <laughs> and the, yeah and then the whole dowager queen like oh what are we supposed to call your old ass now that you're not anything else anymore as she walks away and just Cersei's just like, mm. remember anything you need fumes coming out of her forehead. <laughs> like that. What do they call her? The, the, the giggling queen mother. Oh yeah. 
I got it. Here are my notes here. That smirking hole from High Garden. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, sir. So the more. So I mean, we unravel Cersei a little bit more right there, and everything. I think it's kind of the theme of the whole season is just chipping away at chipping away at Cersei. She's doing her best, yeah. and then people just keep chipping away at her, and then backing her into a corner, and she just has no other option for. Yep. Uh, let me know if there's anything I can do for you. <laughs> oh, okay, Cersei. Yeah, I'll, I'll do that. So then she goes. So Cersei um, goes and she goes and visits the High Sparrow, or she heard about you know the the High Sparrow were behind dragging the High Septum out of the the whorehouse or the the brothel and right. And which I right before that, I love the you know how they've got I don't know what is it seven gods or something like that. They got the seven right and, right and the they seven. All, yeah, the the face of the the faith of the seven. So the high septum goes in and he gets seven seven <laughs> girls to he gets to pick pick a couple whores out yeah. from the uh, seven. Yeah. Oh, the mother, oh, the stranger, and and the dude the dude behind. Him, I think his name's Oliver, maybe. And and he's always like, oh, it's, yeah, it's always the stranger. It's always the mother. And then he snaps his fingers like, all right, <laughs> all right, we don't have time for this. <laughs> He's got some weird looking beard on there too. Yeah. Uh some chops. <laughs> some mutton chops. You wear some old man ass. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, that was you know, and, and I always love seeing uh, adult situations and nudity at the beginning of Game of Thrones, but then they you know, you get some they, they you really, never know. Yeah, they teased you with the uh seven hot naked girls and then all of a sudden they're like, Oh, well here's some more here's old man ass for you. <laughs> you perv. <laughs> yep. So that. So that. Then I guess the what becomes the faith militant comes marching in, and they start doing yeah. their thing. And then Cersei goes and sees the High Sparrow, which I think they did a really good job of, like just making where the High Sparrow was just awful. Yeah. The, the worst yeah, place I, you could possibly want to be. Yeah. I. <laughs> And they also did a good job of making the High Sparrow really annoying. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I think for me, it probably just goes back to the fact that he was like the bad guy in Tomorrow Never Dies. Yeah. It was like a horrible Bond movie in the 90s with Pierce Brosnan. It was just like, I didn't even mind like most of those Pierce Brosnan ones, but that one was just bad. He played like this media mogul that was like trying to start a war or whatever. Yep, and it just wasn't. A, and there's like he had this really stupid looking like boat that he traveled around. It was supposed to be like really high tech, but it was just an ugly boat. And um, so whenever I see him, I I'm just reminded of that bad James Bond movie, and he just annoys me. Yeah, that was a yeah um, media mogul Elliot Carver, which is <laughs> there's a new channel on now that plays bond every weekend and it's different than the, the other channel that used to play bond every weekend i forget which one it is but yeah i, I know even the bad ones i could still watch pretty much no matter what yeah part of the, i don't even no, care it's always what, a hot chick or two in there yeah and cool things but pierce brosnan was funny anyway what else do we got we got a hit here for uh man it's got beheaded that was pretty awesome he he for some reason gets a little bit of a spine and then like starts looking over to, like, Alistair, like, Alistair's going to do something about him piping up, which was just a dumb move. And he finally, like, wets his pants at the end and starts whining and 
thinks he's going to get out of it, and then Jon Snow just puts the hammer down on his head, and that's all we've seen, and that's the last of Janice Slint. That was a great, uh, the effects on that, I thought, looked pretty good, too, because they just showed a full full shot of him getting his head cut off, and uh, I thought it looked pretty good. Yeah, I did, I did too. They, they definitely didn't have to show the lopping of the head, but they decided to do it, and it's, I, I always... I always appreciate a good de- decapitation. <laughs> it's like it's an art form in itself. I guess that I guess in the books, um, one of the famous lines was, which they didn't say in the TV show, was "Ed get the block." And I, I, I guess, oh yeah, I guess he told Ed, and I guess in the book when when that part happens, I guess John John says, "Ed get the block," which you know the block is the block oh. that they put your head on when they're going to chop it off. Right, right. But Ed didn't get the block. They get my sword or whatever. In yeah. The episode. Yeah, so that was, I don't know why they would have changed that um, other than the, for the sake of changing it. But yeah, that was great. Yeah. Uh, and then right off the bat, Jon Snow is, you know, establishing his power and Stannis approves. And Stannis is still like a tough guy. And we I, I think we're going to see him unravel like Cersei unravels when with him making bad choices. And of course, we get to see a little of Shireen, the, the poor little girl with the... The, the grayscale, the, the cured grayscale. And it's, you know, we never get to hear about, we, we, well, I guess we're going to see, we'll see more grayscale in this, in this season, but they never get into the, into the, um, the details or we, I don't think we've seen it yet. The details of how they actually cured the grayscale. And I have a feeling, um, without knowing, I have a feeling that they're going to, we're going to find something out about that. Maybe save Jorah. Maybe. I can't wait to see where he's at. Um, after yeah. that, but so yeah, we've got a. So other than that, a couple my couple quick points is I was surprised how quickly Sansa or how easily she got tossed into marriage. Like Littlefinger just kind of gave her a little chat, and she just kind of like uh, uh, got talked into it. I'm like, really? Like your fucking family? You know, they betrayed your family. Like I don't care what Littlefinger says to you. Like she kind of went went along with that a little too easily. And my other takeaway from this episode, little uh, little side note, uh, Khaleesi, who plays the Khaleesi at the uh, the whorehouse in Volantis, is actually a uh, porn star Samantha Bentley. Really, and I think she was also uh, I think she was also an extra in a uh, little in Littlefinger's brothel in another uh, previous season, but. Um, I think if you look up Samantha Bentley, you can get a little better view of her, but they didn't really show much of her face in this episode, so I don't think they were worried about her playing a, a whore in brothel uh, in uh, Littlefinger's whorehouse in another episode, because she didn't really, really was just the, uh, the, athlete, the assless Khaleesi dress that they show her in this episode. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, she um the 2016 Paul Raymond Award for Adult Film of the Year. <laughs> so she's on All right. Her, yeah, she's on her uh, on her game, I guess. Good for oh. her. <laughs> Samantha Bentley. <laughs> Good and, and tip of the cap to um th- those guys for casting professionals when it comes to Yeah. Doing yeah, like well, that. you know that um yeah, Tyrion's girlfriend. What was her name? The uh, Shay in the first few seasons. Shay, Shay was a porn star too. So you can find a little more. Uh, Ooh, I got to look details her on her. Yeah, I, I wasn't aware of that. Anything else for Thieves? Anyway, so go ahead. Say again. Go ahead. 
Are we uh, are we ready for season five, episode four, Sons of the Harpy? Yes, indeed, good sir. Let me. This is Lancel Lannister, and you're listening to the Game of Thrones Minute with Johnny Kilbasa. And now on the Market Sausage Truck Podcast, it's time for the Game of Thrones Couple Minute of minutes. with Johnny Kilbasa and Kowski. And we're going to go right into the ticker. Shame. Here we go. S5B4, Sons of the Harpy. Shame. Jorah throws Tyrion on a boat. Jamie and Bronn sneak on down to Dorne. Meanwhile, in the small council room, debts need to be paid. And Mace and Mir and Tran head off to Braavos. Cersei turns the High Sparrow into the High Septonum and rearms the Faith Militant. There goes the wine. There goes the brothels. And Lancel gets some new headgear. <laughs> not good news for Loras Tyrell. And Marjorie's not happy. Tom is too much of a pussy to get Loras out of uh, the, the the cells that they put him in. And meanwhile, at Castle Black, Sam makes a good secretary, and the Red Woman works her charms on John. But John decides to keep his balls blue. But you know nothing, Jon Snow, and she knows that too. Stannis tells Shireen how she got the grayscale, and they hug. Great father-daughter moment. Uh, meanwhile, in New Winterfell, Sansa hangs out in the crypt, and then Littlefinger comes down and tells her a story about Sansa's aunt, Lyanna, who chose Rhaegar Targaryen, or Rhaegar Targaryen chose her over Lyria Martell. Tilting at the list, Littlefinger has to take off and leave Sansa all alone in Winterfell. Meanwhile, in Dorne, Bronn and Jaime get a dinghy and a snake for breakfast. Then they kill and bury some Dornish guards. Then the Sand Snake profess their aims and spear a boat captain. Meanwhile, in a boat... Tyrion guesses Jorah Mormont's name. Meanwhile, Marine Barris and Salmi tell stories of Rhaegar singing in the streets. Then he heads down to the streets himself with Grey Worm, and they get ambushed and almost killed. So there you go. Nice. Nice. So that's a a Game of Thrones minute and a half. Well, hey, it's uh, pretty quick because this is a short episode. I think it was only like 50 minutes. So a little little under their, uh, their usual, you know, 55 and up running time but um yeah we we're pretty quick here and i guess uh let's see we got jorah taking Tyrion. kind of is that when we meet the stone man for the first time no that uh that's coming up that's the next episode where so he's still just on the boat yeah kind of figures out he's gagged figures on the out boat. where he is and he starts figures, is this where he figures out that he's jorah or does he already know that um yeah no he's gagged and he starts talking and he finally gets jorah to um he finally gets Jorah to take the gag out of his mouth, and then Tyrion's like, hey, "Who are you?" And then he's like, "Hmm, um, what did he say? Bear armor and a bear dragon. Sigil. Yes, dragon chest plate. Oh. You're Jorah Mormont. Like he picks him out, which mm, I guess you were if spying you spying on her, weren't you? I was drunk through most of the small council meetings, but oh yes." And he and Jorah's just pissed uh, yeah, off. Kind of, yeah, yeah, uh, kind of a little uneventful here. This kind of uh, Jorah taking Tyrion to see the Queen is kind of another one of those little, uh, little longer, drawn out, more than I needed it to be kind of sections. But uh, you know, Tyrion always does a great job. So as long as he's there, things are interesting. But yeah, and that, um, what, I, guess I think I. I one thing we didn't know was that he where they were heading. I think we everybody thought that it, it initially, initially that they were going to go. He's, he was taking it back to Cersei, which he's like, "No, I'm taking you to Khaleesi." So that was, yeah, I think, a he relief. He just says the queen, but we're not sure which queen he's referring to. Right. Or at least Tyrion wasn't. No. And then I think Jordan so, knocks him I, out again. Yeah, he, he just gets sick of listening. I mean, drills him at one point, which you could kind of understand. Yeah, uh, Tyrion kind of tends to rub some people the wrong way. 
not the fans, though. <laughs> uh, so I guess I kind of misspoke earlier. So this is where we actually have Jamie and Braun actually getting to Dorn, and when we get to see his his first fight, I was thinking that was the last episode, but they were just traveling the last episode. So he was a little bit overmatched, but ends up putting his fake hand up at some point, and the guy's sword gets stuck in it, and then he just cuts through him. So uh, we're, we're in Dorn with Braun and Jamie. Uh, we they get uh, they get arrested. Well, let's see. No. That, where does that end? This episode, <laughs> not arrested. Whatever. It, uh, they uh, they, they don't get found out yet. At this point. Yeah, they oh, they okay, they have their free. little battle, and then we go check out the sand snakes. And, and it's we, the, the the whole Dorn thing is it's so TV movie ish. You know, it's just like this weird just scene on a beach, and then this other scene in a tent with the sand snakes. When they're all talking and they kind of, this is the introduction to the sand snakes and like, oh, I use a whip. Oh, I use a spear. Oh, I use my titties or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, they yeah. Their oh, own we're superpowers. <laughs> yeah. And their mother, um, Dor- Martell, the, the widow of the Viper, whatever his name was, something Martell. Ilya? No, no. That Ilya yeah. is the one that got, uh, well, wasn't she... The one that got killed, his sister was Alia Martel. Oh, yeah, yeah. uh, I forget what her name is You killed her. You raped her. You killed her children. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, kind of nothing too eventful from the Sand Snakes just yet. Um, What I did kind of like in this episode was when when Thirsty's kind of clearing out the small council. And, you know, Kevin Lannister is... Like what? The, what the hell are you doing? Like you know, you where's where's the king? Like who do you think you are? And meanwhile, she's like heaping all this BS praise on Mace Tyrell, and he's just like eating it up. And and he just I, <laughs> I think it's pretty hilarious, like how much of a buffoon he comes off as sometimes. And he has like two. He's like there's two points in that meeting where he's like trying to be funny, and. uh <laughs> <laughs> you just like look around and everybody's just like, who the hell is this dude? Like, and she's like, well, I could have, uh, the Tyrell family could front the money. And if they didn't pay them back, I'd be having words with my daughter. And everybody's just like, Jesus dude. Like, which really is me. a good, yeah, well, it's a good joke, but he's in a, you know, not in a good room. He's in a room with people right, who have right. no sense of humor whatsoever, and I wonder if it, if he was. I wonder if he was supposed to be. I wonder if he was a buffoon in the books. I think I mean, he is, is kind he? of a. I think so. If I remember, I feel like when I've read some stuff about his character, he is kind of a, a little bit of a dolt. And then when he's on his way out the door, he's just like has this big smile on his face, and he's like. I shall give your regards to the Titan of Bravos or whatever. It's just like, oh, Jesus, dude. Like, okay. Right. Another good joke, but, but I, bad I thought room. it was kind of funny. That was funny. <laughs> and he was he was so, undet- undeterred. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't read that room very well. Right. And so he, yeah, so he's off to Bravos because they're asking for some money. And I wonder what Bravos is going to do to anybody who do they have some sort of huge army somewhere that they're going to come get you if you don't pay back their money? I don't know. I guess I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I don't know. It just sounds like their plan is to just start funding your enemies if you don't pay up. So I don't know. 
But yeah, you would think like they're like, oh, the biggest free city, blah blah blah. Like yeah, but they, you don't see anything about them ever having an army of their own. Mm-hmm. And that's when well, yeah. So then Cersei decides to make the High Sparrow, the High Septum, and brings up the Faith Militant. And I wonder where she like got the got the information for that it's a, oh yeah oh there's something we could there used to be this thing called the faith militant when do we what if we start them up again and what if i give this yeah. crazy nut job all the power in the world and arm his zealots let's see what happens yeah that that plan didn't work very well and tomorrow never dies and <laughs> it was a pretty short-sighted plan on her part right here because uh yeah but the short-term returns work out pretty well because we see uh Loras get arrested and uh, engraved in the forehead, but uh, that's just that's just the start of things, and uh, not all going to be good for her. So, right. That's um, like what she... I did like. Go ahead. Um, what I did like in this episode was uh, we do get to see the uh, red woman try to seduce Jon Snow, and uh, I, I don't think you're a big big a big red woman fan but personally i think she's got some uh amazing boobs i, I think so she's anytime hot. she wants oh really okay yeah. good good for some reason i was thinking you had uh said at some point you weren't that into her but oh, man, I, I, I don't think know she's pretty hot too and anytime I, I could be mistaken anyway anytime she wants to pull those those tits out i'm more than okay <laughs> with that so uh that was great and then she gives him the super mind fuck at the end of their conversation when she's leaving out, leaving the door and just gives him the, you know, nothing Jon Snow. And he's just like, what the hell just happened? Like that was just weird as hell. And, uh, personally speaking of hot chicks, uh, you know, I was always a big, big fan of Egret. So, you know, giving her a little, uh, a little postmortem reference always goes over well with me. Yeah. Egret was, she was she was hot and so was the the red woman i don't know maybe i maybe i maybe she didn't rank on if i was ranking everybody i don't know but i i yeah. i was all for it because she uh she's she was looking good and uh john snow yeah. got, he got a little he got a feel he was like well i'm gonna have to say no but in the meantime i'm gonna get about 30 good seconds right here my thumb caressing. <laughs> let me let me get a little something for the spank bank. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, you know, like, well, I know I can't do this, but just let me let my hand linger a little bit longer. And like, what what's she gonna do to him? Why doesn't he just? I don't know. Oh, because he said he loved yeah. another, even though like, no, I can't do this because of Egret, and she's like, Egret's dead, yeah. bro. Yeah, the yeah the dead do not leave lovers or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> So yep. let's see. Other than that, we finally get to see uh, we get to see Barristan Selmy, Barristan the Bold in action. Uh, you know, for the longest time, he's, he's well past his prime, but uh, by all accounts, one of the finest swordsmen that uh, the world has ever seen. And um, we get some Sons of the Harpy anarchy going on in the streets, and uh, Barristan shows up to save the day versus like ten Sons of the Harpy and. Uh, the end he just starts cutting through him like butter and finally they get uh they get him and uh gray worm get a little overwhelmed and uh are both injured at the end of the episode so we're not really sure what's going to happen with these two but it was uh it was really good to see barristan get some uh get a little sword play in because uh all that we've done for the first five seasons is just 
hear how much of a badass he used to be. Right. He said, I think when they, when they was, was it Joffrey told him to leave King's Landing, he said, I could, even now I could cut, cut you all through, through you all like cake or something like that on his way yeah, out of King's Landing. Yeah. yeah and he was through telling, he was telling Khaleesi stories about, uh, your brother, I was on the King's, King's guard for Rhaegar and he would used to go down out in the streets and just sing to people like a, a regular busker and then give his money away just cause he liked to be down there and. You know, it was like, yeah, oh, yes, tell me of my brother. It was like a good end. It's like, well, okay, in the streets. And then, you know, she he also told her about the the burning of people, the, the mad king. Yeah, I was <sighs> like, well, not all of it was wise. That's why I... <laughs> so, like, as he went out, he was educating her on, like, look, um, you're, you're making some decisions here but there's some history behind all these things and your family made a lot of wrong decisions and were tyrants in certain spots and a lot of people died because of it so be careful when you're trying to free all these people things are going to turn around turn on you yeah yep i was really i mean i guess we don't really find out the fate of gray worm and barrison in this uh episode but uh I think he kind of alluded to the fact that this was uh, this was this was it for Barristan. Yep. And um, I, I was really kind of surprised that they killed him off. I don't know if that has happened in the books yet. I almost feel like maybe it hasn't. Or I, I don't think it, it has. I don't, I don't think it has. Yeah, I, I thought that was kind of a weird, a weird for them to get rid of him. I thought he was like a good, good kind of side character, but hadn't really been utilized a lot. And it was just kind of almost like they got rid of him because they didn't really know what to do with him or what but I, I feel like he was a little underutilized i liked him yeah it's like well we don't have any more plot points for you <laughs> you know what that means <laughs> yeah later yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> yeah so what uh, what else let's see yeah we we talked about jor and Tyrion. we talked about siri Cersei. um Tom and being a pussy, we didn't really talk too much about. Oh yeah, Marjorie. Yeah, Marjorie cut a promo on Tom and like, uh, gives him a, yeah, gives him a tongue lashing. Like, what are you doing? Why is my brother in jail? And then Tom and tries to go, go something, and his mom just stonewalls him. Like, I didn't put him there. <laughs> yeah, which was terrible on Cer- you know, Cersei. Like, what, what, yeah, what well, what did I do? What did I do? Like, uh, you're a bitch, and you pretty much did all this so that if this exact thing would happen at least tom and knew that she armed the faith militant it's funny how yeah and she basically sold him out too which he didn't know but yeah and i think the faith militant if i remember correctly none of them wore none of them use swords which i think goes all the way back to well who knows where it goes back to maybe it's medieval or real or maybe it's dungeons and dragons because i remember like if you were any sort of holy man if you were a what did they call it in dungeons and dragons you were a not a monk, a friar, or something like that. But you couldn't use you couldn't use swords, so they use maces, huh. you know, or something different. They don't use blades. I don't know why, but none yeah, of I always thought that was. I thought that was kind of weird that they they make the fake militant to be out like so badass. But I'm like, those, none of those dudes have had any training. They're running around like a stick with a nail on it or something right. like that. I'm like, all these dudes have armor on. They're just wearing these like heavy coats. I'm like, man, those the you know the what are those? The King's Guard or what's the yeah. army? Whatever their army was, I think was just like 
cut through the face militant like nothing. And I, they just kind of were like, uh, it's almost like they're a little bit of afraid of them. I guess there was like a little anarchy in the streets, so maybe, you know, things could have escalated. But still, I'm surprised how much credit we're giving the safe militant or this group of people with like no armor, crappy weapons and no training, like treating them like they're just like this group of badasses. Yeah. And it's also compared to the, the King's guard or the King's men. Right. And, and it's because, well, the King is a young boy who doesn't know what the hell he's doing and he's a nice kid. And I think they, they made it a point to say, Oh, Tom is such a sweet boy. And it's, you know, it's yeah. always whenever, it's pretty much whenever, you, if you get paid a compliment about something, that's going to be your downfall in Game of Thrones. And he's a nice, <laughs> sweet boy, and that's going to lead to his downfall. Just like, um, oh, Stannis said to Jon Snow that your father was an honorable man and it got him killed. You know, it's like, uh, oh, yeah. anything good, any good aspect of your character is going to kill you. <laughs> I think that's the lesson <laughs> yeah, to take I away. I think somewhere in here, too, Alistair says to Jon Snow, maybe in an upcoming episode, where he's just like, I think when he's letting the wildlings through the castle, he's like, uh, you have a you have a kind heart, Jon Snow. He's, he's like, it'll get us all killed someday. Yep. That's a little, there's a little foreshadowing. A little the, teaser, a little teaser with that. A little teaser. And on that note, I think we can, uh, you got any more for S5E4? Uh, I think that uh, that about covers it for me. Okay, I'm going to get the outro going here. And Kowski, I'd like to thank you very much for Sir Kowski of the Blackwater, Sir Kowski of Dorne, Sir Kowski of the King's Road. Thank you. Uh, hopefully, we'll, hopefully we'll bring you back for more of these. It's going to be pretty fast moving from here till July 16th. I want to get... Let's see, we've, we've covered six episodes now, so that means we've got about... Uh, 16 more 16 more thank you so Kowski I'll keep you apprised of where I'm at I think I'm going to watch three more tonight um, and hopefully um, get another one tomorrow so you're more than welcome to join that but I'm, I'm going to be in going to New York City Tuesday to Friday uh, so I definitely won't be recording anything during that time but if not tomorrow we will uh -huh. see you towards next weekend all right. Well, hey, Sir Johnny, would love to be back. Thanks. It's been a privilege. Thanks, buddy. As always, the, the Sausage Hut loves you. All right. Nostrovia. All right. And check me out. Coming out. Cersei's back door. Cool. Cool. Well, I th that, that was... Uh, oh.